Yo, so this is an old recording that we made two weeks ago on the 9th. Um, just a lot of stuff happened. Just haven't gotten a chance to upload and edit and all that other stuff. But we are here. Um, a lot of the stuff in here isn't dated. Um, not many of the stuff that we, things that we had talked about in here has changed, per se. Um, just a little bit. But. We still got a good show for you. We hope you enjoy. And here is episode 83. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 301 Outlet Podcast. It's episode 83, man. The numbers is getting up. We're getting back on it. We is rolling. Is your boy, Sam, for hitting up on the mic today. And, okay. And we got three of us, me, Darian, and Evan in the building. Mark will probably be pulling up a little bit later, but if not, we're going to hold it down for him. How y'all doing today? What is popping, brothers? Yeah. Brand new whip just hopped in. <laughs> Yo, that song was a hit. That song was a hit, bro. Oh, my goodness. Funny thing about before we get started, I was just talking to somebody about that time period. I said, Yo, 2014 to 2017 was a vibe, bro. I don't care what <laughs> Yo, those were some of the craziest most irresponsible years of my life. Like, so much stupid shit happened during those times. It's just so crazy, man. Like, I love it. I love it, bro. Like, music was a vibe, too. That was probably the last few years where I actually followed music heavily. Like, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm more of a casual now. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of older stuff. I'm not about to fake you. I don't, be, I don't be tuned to a lot of the new music. But like 24 to 2017, bro, those are probably like the last years, maybe 2018 too. Those like the last years where I was like tuned into what was going on at the time. And it was it was a time to be alive, bro. That's the best time I can, that's the best one I can see. Oh my goodness. The stories we have from that time period doesn't make sense. Like the stories we're gonna tell our kids, man. It's gonna be something. The stories is gonna be at the family. Oh yeah, remember, remember back, back in the mid to late 2010s, bro. Oh my God, bro, you ain't got to talk about it, bro. We done, we done lived that crazy life. But you know, Serena Williams today, earlier today, today also. Let me just say the day for future reference. Today is the 9th of August, 2022. Just to let you know. So if anything crazy happens tomorrow and you don't hear us talk about it, you know why? So. Because we live in a world where literally we could wake up tomorrow and the sky could be falling. And I wouldn't even be surprised. It's so crazy. But Samir Williams, hence the retirement. In my opinion, one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. Because you know when someone is truly transcendent, truly amazing, when 
they not only transcend their own profession, but they transition the whole sports world as a whole. Smiley Williams is one of the few select athletes we have, you know, her, LeBron James, Tom Brady, these upper, these top elite athletes, you know, Messi. These are top elite athletes that go past not only the sport, but the sports world in general become cultural pop culture icons. And it's just great to see, you know, Williams has really put up for the sport of tennis, also been an inspiration to a lot of women, too. A lot of young girls to take their step at swinging, not only in this tennis, but the sports world in general. She's a true trailblazer, one of the most winningest athletes we've ever seen, one of the most accomplished athletes we've ever seen. And man, she ain't got nothing to prove. We've talked about this on the pod. It was probably last year. I don't yeah, remember exactly. Yeah, we talked about this and with the Naomi Osaka thing. That had to be either earlier this year or last year. We talked about it where she literally has absolutely nothing to prove. She has shown what she's about. <clears throat> she's a she's a legend. She's a icon. She's a very integral figure. And if she's feel like she's ready to, in her essence, evolve from the sport and kind of open the chapter book to something else. She has all right to do it, man. She has absolutely nothing up to do. Yeah, I I was talking to my friend earlier about this. To be honest, I thought Serena was going to retire three years ago. Yeah, we talked about I remember in 2020, we talked about it and she retired. It was crazy. And she's on, you know, she... Someone on ESPN made this great point where you look at Serena Williams and you kind of look at her the same way as Tiger Woods. Because when you think about it, their careers are parallel. They started at the same exact time and they became cultural, global icons. Um, Tiger is chasing Jack Nicholson's record for major wins. And Serena is is chasing the same for uh i think his major wins in tennis here's how great and here's here's how great both of them are tiger woods was so good that golf courses had to tiger proof their courses because it was too easy for Tiger to dominate. Serena is so great that there's an accomplishment named after her called the Serena Slam, where I think it's like she wins two, like she wins two straight Grand Slams or something, or um, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would. I, I gotta I gotta look that up. She's that great. People talk about her. She's obviously the greatest female athlete of all time, but she's right there in the conversation of greatest athlete. Period. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. Regardless of gender. She 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 has the most impressive tournament win of any kind when she won. The French Open, three weeks pregnant. And I just don't know. She's 
definitely like that's ridiculous what she has done and then not to mention you know that's just her singles this is her singles record let's not talk about how her and her sister used to dominate the double oh god oh god so let's so so let's not even so let's not even talk a whole different conversation serena williams will go down and i don't think this is going to be the last time we're going to where i'm going to talk about this because this isn't the first time that serena has hinted at retirement however this does sound like she's actually coming closer to the end than before so i don't know what else there is to say about serena williams she's that great Well, Darius said pretty much everything I was about to say, everything I planned to say. Serena, an all-time great, one of the greatest athletes of all time. And the true testament to how great Serena Williams is, I cannot imagine the game of tennis. I cannot imagine the tennis tournament where she's not playing. It's her and Venus Williams. I cannot imagine the tennis tournament without either one of them playing. I do want to say one thing too. And you brought up Naomi and you brought up Naomi Osaka. And just think about when you look at tennis and you see Coco Golf and Naomi and Sloane Stevens and many other women of color, young black girls, hell even now that's getting into tennis. Tennis was a very white sport, not white, white sport on both on both sides. Mm-hmm. Just like with Tiger with golf. And there's a reason why I and, and, and again, I mentioned earlier, there's a reason why I keep comparing the two because they kind of did the same thing. Yeah. They were they both kind of went the same path in two sports that were not like had like a prominent black figure in it to point to. Exactly, they were the first of that kind to really not only be great, but they trailblazed to the point they would make. Like I said, they made changes to the rules, made changes to the courts, made changes to the fields because of these people. That's how great they were. Tiger Woods had black people watching golf, man. Yeah, it was Tiger something Woods had black people watching golf. So Serena had black has black girls playing tennis and has a black and 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 has black girls has inspired black girls to be at the top of tennis. Mm-hmm. So big ups, big ups to her, man. One hundred percent, man. You know she's really, really, you know, like at the point where she's satisfied, ready to put, ready to put the tennis rack up. Hey, she got all my respect, man. One of the greatest, and we're going to say it again, one of the greatest athletes of all time, regardless of gender. Kevin Durant is the only basketball player where you think that, oh, yeah, things have finally simmered down. He came out and said, no, motherfucker. I'm doubling down on my sake. He went straight to the owner, Joe side and said, listen, bro, you either got to pick me or you picking those two. And whoever you don't pick, they got to go. So if you're picking me, they got to go. you picking them, you still got to trade. That's the ultimatum we're at. 
And it's just funny how, you know, the KD trade talks, you know, it blew up Twitter. It was something that was so big. It, it was something that's so mind-blowing that trade packages and people were getting ready for the move. And then <clears throat> Rudy Gobert happens, you know, basically five first-round picks because basically four first-round picks and the guy they drafted, Kessler. So for five basically first-round picks for Rudy Gobert. Like, once that happened, it was like, and my my and Brooklyn was already trying to cheap up and get as much access as they could for KD. They were already trying to have a, a high asking price, so that just made it worse. And now we've seen, you know, they started to simmer down. You know, we saw the whole thing with Jalen Brown, you know, being thrown in a trade for KD, which I think is probably not the right decision because they just went to the finals. They just went to the finals, had a very good run, got the point guard they needed. I don't, I think they can run it back and they could truly be a team that's a force. So now with KD doubling down, you know, we was just starting to talk about, oh, they're probably about to stay in Brooklyn, you know, run it back again. They ain't nowhere they're running it back now. At least it won't be the same team as currently constructed. Because let's say, you know, Joe Sy really is crazy. I don't think he's going to do this. I think he's at the point KD's getting traded. But does that he's going to keep KD? He gave us, gets rid of Steve Nash, you know, the coach he gave a chance. Gave an opportunity, and it's not like Steve Nash is the best coach. No, he's not the greatest coach, but he—he's a pretty—he's pretty solid coach for somebody that never coached before. Hopping into the seat, especially on this team, we're not going to get into the toxicity of the Brooklyn Nets. That's a whole different conversation. And then Sean Marks, who's literally the reason why they came to Brooklyn in the first place. Sean Marks is the one that made that culture, made that whole the whole team look appealing for them to get free agents in the first place. So it's like Joe Sy is not stupid. We I've heard him talk. I've looked at his interviews. The man is not dumb. Mm-hmm. Katie's getting traded. Like it's it's basically confirmed at this point because him doubling down and giving an ultimatum is just like in relationship. Once you start giving an ultimatum, it's over. It's 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 only a matter of time at that point. It's not an oh this could be resolved. No, you already know when you start dropping ultimatums, man. That's when everything is like, all right, bro. So this this is go this is going towards a breakup, and this is just looking towards that Katie's going getting traded. But here's the funny thing about it: I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I have two questions. What is the team that you really think is going to get Katie, and what team you think is a real dark horse to get him? Okay. You're gonna get mad at me for saying this, and, and I think you already knew the answer to it. A dark horse team to get him is Washington. I think I just I just don't I think the teams we have to look out for, like just in terms of like front runners to get him is Boston. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like they I I don't want to say that they can give up Jalen Brown. Rob Williams and Marcus Smart and some picks and be fine. I'm not going to say that. Mm-hmm. But um, I just it's kind of like what it's kind of like what um, you said about Rudy. Like Rudy Gobert happened and it just messed up the whole market. And if yeah. I'm in and, and for real, for real 
I don't know how Kevin Durant can show his face in Brooklyn again. No. <laughs> I don't. I wait, wait, you, you think, hold on, I better cut you up. You think KD's going to get Ben Simmons, Philly? You think it's that bad? <sighs> you think it's that bad? Well, yeah, that, yeah. Here's, well here's that's the how, thing that's with, the level we're talking about. Here's the thing with Ben that makes me, that kind of makes me upset at Philly fans for how they treat him. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for the fans to come at Ben Simmons. Okay, that's what, you're, that's what you're supposed to do. It's Philly. I'm pretty sure he's a big boy. He can take it. But it's even worse when you're getting that type of criticism, public criticism from your own team. That's where, that, that's where I defend Ben Simmons. I still think he I, – I'm not, I'm not even going to get into that. But – with Kevin Durant, it's like this is everything that you wanted. You yeah. wanted Steve Nash. Yeah. You wanted Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. You. You. Well, but he, he went there because under he, Sean. Went, he, he went there because of Kyrie. Actually, remember Kyrie was the one that was all. He was. He was always going to Brooklyn. Like he was going. We all knew he was going to New York. We just didn't know which one he was going to. But at hey. the end of the day, this is your choice. You right. made this choice. Now things aren't going in the way that you wanted it to. Maybe, and you know, of course, maybe there's some things that's going on off the court that's not being reported that we don't know about, but we can only talk about the stuff that we know and the stuff that we hear. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm going to need about four or five security guards. So I'm going to walk through the city in New York. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, no, no. You keeping it because real. New York, because, because there are two, three fan bases that you just do not mess with. That's Philly, Boston, and New York. They crazy. All of them. Everybody up there in that Northeast is crazy when it comes to sports. Something in the water. Especially with New York with the Yankees, with oh, Philly man. with them Eagles. Oh, man. And Boston with everybody. No, so, he said Boston. So it's, so it's just, so it's just like, I just, I just feel like what KD wants is right there in Brooklyn. He just has to deal with it. But again, we don't know what else is going on outside of. We don't know what else is going on outside of what is being reported. So it's just for me, I feel like his best bet to try and win a championship is to stay put in Brooklyn. Kyrie's best bet to win another championship is to stay put in Brooklyn and win with KD and play with KD and actually focus on basketball. And then, because again, you have an all-star defensive player of the year caliber player just sitting there, just waiting to play with his new team. And the thing about Ben Simmons literally fixes a lot of the problems that Brooklyn has. Exactly. He literally exactly. does. Like, it's so crazy. But um, here's the thing about Kevin Durant, and this is something that I've stated about him numerous times. Kevin Durant is probably the best player that we've ever seen 
that's just not a natural number one. And when I mean that, he's the type of guy where it's all good when everything's doing good. You know, everything's beautiful, rose-covered glasses, you're winning and everything. But when the going gets tough, KD's not going to roll up his sleeves and get down in the dirt. When things start going his way, he tries to figure out a way to get out of there. Think about it. He stayed in OKC because he didn't have a choice until the free agency. The moment he had a choice to pick another team, he did. And I'm not even blaming him for that. The thing is, people miscue all the time. It's not him leaving OKC. That's the problem. The problem was the team that he went to. So he goes to Golden State. You know, they basically owned the league for two years because 2017, 2018, nobody else is winning the title. You know, they came close when it came to Houston, but Houston missed all them damn threes. And it's so crazy about it. They missed all them damn threes, and the game was still close. Like, that Houston Rockets team needs to get more respect, number one. That's just, like, they, 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 they definitely need their props because they literally almost took down a KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond Warriors. They almost took down. And guaranteed, if Houston goes to the final, they're beating Cleveland. LeBron's not LeBron's not stopping Harden and CP3. This is not about to happen. So they would have won the title. Like we would, we would, it's so crazy. I literally, that game seven, if they just make a few more threes, James Harden and CP3's legacy is completely different mm-hmm. because they're champions. Because Cleveland's not stopping the team where they literally had, mind you, the Houston offense was the best offense in the league that year. That was the year where CP was healthy because 2019 CP3 was not healthy that year. That's why his stats went down. But this is 2018. CP3 was healthy up to the playoff one, up to when he injured his hamstring. He was healthy that season. So you have a healthy CP3. You have a healthy James Harden. In the finals, the best offense in the league, three-point snipers everywhere, mm-hmm. and they're solid enough defensively. Cleveland literally was literally only got as far as they did because of LeBron. LeBron was literally willing that team in the, in the playoffs. Like, he literally was the entire team. He put the team on his back and said, all right, bro, we're going as far as we could possibly go. So they would have won the title. We would be looking at those two completely differently. So, and then after that, you know, 2019, that's when, oh, yeah, there's a little rift in, this rift in the system. He has the fight. He has the whole altercation with Draymond that we saw happen on the bench and on the court. And then... You know, he leaves Golden State. He picks Brooke to go there with Kyrie, just like you said. And like I said, they go. Brooklyn gives them the kitchen sink, the keys to the club, the fresh new whip, and a new house. They said, whatever y'all want, we do. Yeah, we'll get rid of the head coach that helped create our culture. Because you guys want to start DeAndre Aiden over Jared Allen. And that was the stupidest thing. Sorry, DeAndre Jordan over... Jared Allen. That was the stupidest thing. Anybody with basketball sense knows that Jared Allen was the better player. Everybody knows that. That was the stupidest thing. Like, when I heard I was like, what? I'm like, so that's one. I said, they get rid of Kenny Ackerson. They picked the coach you want. You guys wanted Steve Nash. You guys campaigned for Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. Mr. Kevin Durant, you campaigned for him. You went out of your way to say, hey, because Steve Nash was a consultant in Golden State and they built a connection. He was like a player development or consultant, something like that. So do that. They pick the coach you want. 
they got the guy you want. Everything. And you guys, they even traded for James Harden. You guys only won one playoff series. One playoff series. Because I don't count the first year. The first year, KD was hurt. Kyrie was hurt, too. I don't count that first year. But you guys get healthy. You guys get James Harden. You guys win one playoff series. And Kyrie gets injured. Harden is playing on one leg. And y'all barely lose to Milwaukee because Kevin Rant got a long-ass foot. <laughs> but, yeah, you guys only win one playoff series. And then this year, y'all get swept by the Boston Celtics. So now you guys literally got Ben Simmons, who is, like you said, an all-NBA caliber defender, a young swingman who is basically just ready to play. He's ready to prove himself because he has it not only – you know, I want to say Ben Simmons has a chip on his shoulder. He has a lot to prove. He has a lot to prove this season. This season is a make-or-break season for Ben Simmons. If he does well, he will be able to rehab part of his image, part of his reputation. So you have a guy that's ready to play. You have a team that's good, like the Brooklyn that's fully healthy, is a contender. Not only in the East, a contender in the league. You guys have everything you guys want in Brooklyn. It's just that you guys got to weather the storm, man. And I just don't see KD as the guy that's down to weather the storm. He's done this trade request. And now, like I said, he's ready to go to the top teams. He's not even a speaker. He said he wants what it was. Heat, Raptors, Boston. He wants to go to all the best teams. And that's, but that's why people don't show him the same respects that they show some of these other guys that they that like at, like C, like CP3 has never won a title has barely sniffed a title mm-hmm. yet he gets more respect than Kevin Durant mm-hmm. because KD he seemed like this type of guy when the going gets tough he wants to switch and go to a better situation exactly like he doesn't want to like and the soul was so funny about that it's even the funniest part KD left Golden State because he wanted to prove a point. But the funny thing about it, he's just ended up proving people right. Like, it's not as easy as he thought it would be. Mm-hmm. He just ended up proving people right that said, KD's the type of guy that likes to have a stack deck. And that's, that's, that's basically what's happening. Because if he didn't, if he really wanted to work things out in Brooklyn, he wouldn't be asking for a trade. And shit, he had a stack deck in, in, uh, in uh, Oklahoma City. I mean, here's the thing, though, with Oklahoma City, they did. They, they, it's just one of the things. The thing with OKC, why I feel like they never went all the way, because either Russ or Katie would just get injured at literally the most unforeseen, most time. Like, they would get injured at a time where that was like, it was just so unfortunate. That, like, that happened, like, twice. Well, probably both those years, if they were both healthy, they probably would have went all the way. Right. And then that one year where they lost to San Antonio, where that series was crazy. I think that was 14. Uh, that was 14, I'm almost certain. Yeah, I know 2014, the Western Conference Finals was OKC and Spurs. So I think that's what I'm talking about. Because 15, KD was injured 15. I don't even think they made the playoffs in 15. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't make the playoffs in 15. That was the year where they lost to freaking Anthony Davis making that crazy long-ass three. That was 15. And then 16 was when they lost to Golden State. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 14. So, 
Yeah, they just kept getting injured at the worst times. So, like, probably those two years, like, 13 or 14, they probably couldn't all the way. So, that's why I feel like with that. And then it's just, it's just something, man. So, my sleeper team is going to sound crazy. And it's just funny as hell when I saw I'm like, you know what? This makes sense. The Pelicans. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have, they have the assets. They have Brandon Ingram. They have Brandon Ingram who could who could be a definite centerpiece of a KD trade. They have players. They have picks. They got it. And the reason here's the thing, right? As much as I would love as a Washington fan to embrace KD and think that he would actually come here, I just know it's not going to happen. Because if he really wanted to come to DC, he would have came in 2016. Because we had a we, we were an emerging team in the East. We were literally a, a team that was coming up during that time. We were an emerging team in the East. We had John Wall Hooping, Bradley Bill was playing, was getting into a stride. All the quarter was good. We had all the rings. We like it would have made more sense for him to do it then than now. Because now I just don't see how we would put a trade together for KD that makes sense. That's valuable to the player KD is. Because we can't put Beal. He just signed his deal. We can't put KP because, number one, that just wouldn't even make sense, honestly. Why would Brooklyn trade for KP? He's an injury-prone big man. They will not do that. So your centerpiece of the trade is Kuzma, which Kuzma is a great player, but a centerpiece trade for Kevin Durant? No. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, that right there already makes the trade fall apart. So what we have to put Kuz, we gotta put Rui in there, for sure. One hundred percent, Rui has to be in the trade. Um, probably gotta put Kesper because we gotta keep one of the players we drafted. So we'll probably keep Denny because Denny has shown defensive potential and he's a he's a second secondary ball handler. So that'd be nice to keep. So we gotta give Kesper. Probably gotta give up um Will Barden and Monte Morris, the guys we just traded for. Have to give up probably all of the first round picks we have for the next like four or five years. And I just don't see a tandem of KD and Beal with barely any depth really going anywhere. That's the reason why I, don't, I didn't stay Washington. Because it's just like us, I want Washington to make a move where it'll be an actual need a move, where it would actually make us be something. Trading for KD doesn't do that. Because one, like I said, we have probably the worst player in terms of a center trade around KD. Who's is the worst player? I would take Jalen Brown. I would take Brandon Ingram. I would take even Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam of Cruz. So that's number one. I think uh, just to just to interject, I think Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram are the ones that's just more realistic to me. Yeah, true. That's another thing too. Like there's those situations and how they work makes sense. So it's like yeah. Like that's 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 like why whenever super I'm like bro, we're not getting KD, bro. Like it just will not work. And even if it happened, even in the crazy world, would happen. Where would we really go? Because we would have to give up all our depth, all our first round picks, so all our assets. So we'd have no trade pieces to get even more players. We can't trade Bill. We just gave him the fucking super ultra, super saying God max. With a no trade clause on top of that. 
and I think a 15% kicker. So Bill's not going anywhere. Bill's staying in Washington for the rest of his career. Like this contract just solidified that. So no. Nah. So that's why when I see people, I'm like, nah, we're not doing that. But anyway, we got our third man here, Marky Mark. What's good, bro? Uh, what's good? Shit, man. Just 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 talking about this KD stuff. What's what's your opinion on KD dropping the ultimatum? Is you to uh, me or them? It's <laughs> like shit. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, that was that was funny. It sounded like some kind of soap opera. As soon as I saw that, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what in the world? But at this point, Kevin Durant, he's better off just staying in Brooklyn because I just don't see like how his situation gets any better at this point. Like if if he leaves Brooklyn, I, I just don't see how his situation gets any better. Um. I think the trade market at this point for him is kind of like like weird. If he wants to get traded, he probably just is better off waiting to like the next trade line. Maybe if they're halfway in the season, if shit is really gets like you know messier in Brooklyn. And like Darian was saying, we have still have to wait to see how uh you know like the Nets they still have Ben Simmons, and so therefore Kevin Durant ought to ought to stay in Brooklyn and uh see how he can uh you know I um play with Ben Simmons, who's like a, a Who's, who can be a difference a difference making player when he's healthy? Um, like he's a good defender, a good playmaker. That's actually what Kevin Durant needs in Brooklyn. Um, you know, a true point guard. But yeah, I think he he just needs to. Uh, at this point, I didn't think he needs to stay. It's clearly a, a like like a front front office uh di- um disaster up there in Brooklyn. It's kind of sad, but yeah, man, it just comes down to this though: either him, the coach, or the GM. I don't know. Let's see how it is on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> the next episode yeah, bro, it's like a of NBA, NBA season off drop. Between him, Kyrie, man, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's just one thing after another. Yeah, bro, it's funny yeah. to me at this point. Like, what is all? But, you know, hey, I mean, Nets fans, you know, I'm pretty sure they had like a long summer, a long free agency. The real husbands uh, of Brooklyn. <laughs> but anyway, that, that stuff is crazy. We could definitely stay tuned on the Kevin Durant news. But I like um, let's hop into the NFL, man. Season's back, preseason's in full swing. Season about to start in a few weeks, you know. Feeling good, especially by my team. I think if we, I'm gonna save my take from getting to it. So, who are your division winners? All right, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna make this real quick. All right, NFC East. All right, the Eagles. Okay, Eagles winning the NFC East, NFC South. The Buccaneers, okay, Tom Brady, who else? Okay, NFC North, Green Bay. Fuck you, I was going to pick the Lions, no, okay. NFC West, the Rams, why? Because defending defending champions that only got better. AFC East, the Bills, because the Bills are going to be on a mission because they got absolutely just – done dirty by their defense in that in that divisional game so they're about to come out with a vengeance afc north uh the baltimore ravens uh if healthy they should be healthy um they kind of just got a very 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 bad break in the uh, last year so i think they're going to bounce back tremendously um afc south Er, the Colts. I think the Colts are the more complete team. Excuse me. 
it's not the best division, definitely the worst division in football. Um, well, you said AFC South. Yeah, mm-hmm. AFC South is definitely the worst division in football. Trash. It's not like the two top teams are not terrible, but the Titans are really just Ryan. Like Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. You got Bobby Trees, Robert Robert Woods, who tore his ACL, so he's going to be out for at least six weeks. And then you have Derrick Henry, and who knows what Derrick Henry we're going to get. He just had a foot injury, and those are serious. And the Colts are just – to me, the Colts are just a more complete team, so I'm picking them. And then going to the AFC West, which is the big one, I think people don't forget who Patrick Mahomes is and how good – Patrick Mahomes is how good the Chiefs are. So what if they lost Tyreek Hill? So what if, if you know, the offense is not going to be as explosive? The defense is pretty good. Um, you still have a generational type quarterback with a generational type coach. And for those reasons is why I'm picking the Los Angeles Chargers to win the AFC West. Because you have Justin Herbert, you have Eck, you have Keenan Allen, you your 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 offense is dynamite. And not to mention the defense that you just built is basically on par with your crosstown rivals, the the um LA Rams. So I got the LA Chargers winning the um AFC West. All right. So my division winner for we just gonna get the NFC out the way rule. NFC East real quick. It's close. It's real close. But my gut is telling me Philly's going to win it. And then out the out the NFC North, that's the Packers. NFC South is the, is the Bucks. Ain't no, ain't no question there. NFC West is the Rams. Really, the East going to be the closest one of those four. Right, as it always is. The AFC East, though, Buffalo, no question. Like, the Dolphins are a playoff-level team, but the Bills are a Super Bowl-level team. So it's Buffalo. AFC North, I'm going to go ahead and say the Ravens win that. I'm going to go ahead and say the Ravens take that. Because it's like a lot of people forget, bro, the reason why the Ravens was so bad last year, I won't even say bad. The reason why they missed the playoffs last year is because literally everybody got hurt. Exactly. Like they suffered a string of injuries, which I was probably bring that up. Yes, yes, like, yes. Like they suffered a string of injuries, which we were we are probably never going to see again because that was just straight up absurd. Yeah. So Baltimore, Baltimore takes the North. The South, I'm going to go with the Colts. Although they they going to be the worst of the four. The West, I like the Chargers. I just like the Chargers because I. Feel like this is that year where Justin Herbert finally breaks through and gets to the playoffs. I, I like the Chargers. Super Chargers. All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, so in the NF- I'm gonna just start with the NFC first. So NFC East, I got Philly. Um, NFC North, I have Green Bay. I really don't see any of those uh teams really doing anything except maybe Minnesota, but NFC North, Green Bay. Uh, NFC South, 
I have the Buccaneers um, kind of like the same situation with that division. It's kind of like weak and um, the Saints, I don't even see the Saints catching up to them. Um, the NFC West, I have the Rams winning that division. Um, let's go over to the AFC now. I'm going to start over in the East. The East, I have the Bills. The Bills are on a mission this year. Um, Josh Allen is just like on another level right now. And it just got even more. Uh, he's got even better with all like the offseason additions they added. So I got the Bills and uh, the AFC East. The AFC North, I have the Bengals. Um, I would say Baltimore, but I don't know. Baltimore still has like a lot of question marks. And the Bengals, to me right now, just like the more like complete, like set team. And the fact that they're just coming off a of Super Bowl, we've seen how like, you know, elite they can be in uh, already with like this young core. So that's the only reason why I have like Cincinnati winning that AFC North division because like they're really to me the, the most like you know complete team without any question marks really over like their head because uh, the Steelers are really like questionable on quarterback. You all know how great their head coach is. Cleveland, it's just Cleveland. Let's not even get started with that. <laughs> and Baltimore, you know Lamar Jackson. You all know how great he is and when he's healthy, but you know the um a lot of these um you know Baltimore players are coming back from like major injuries from last season. And they still haven't, like, really uh, played any, like, actual real NFL games yet. So, yeah. And the AFC South, I have the Titans winning that division. Um, it's, it's trash. That that division is, like, literally, like you all said, one of the worst divisions in football. Um, but, yeah, I still have the Titans winning that division because they have Derrick Henry. And I think he's really going to be the X factor to really just carry that team in general. Like, he's basically, like, he's been doing since he's been there. Um and the AFC West, that's the most interesting one, actually. The AFC West, man, ah, that's a really tough one. That's because that one's like a coin toss, honestly. I would like to see the Raiders win that division from, like, a fan standpoint. But to be realistic, I, I, I still have the Chiefs, like, you know, winning that division. I still have Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, like, uh, uh, like winning that division. But it's really going to be, like, like a, a toss-up with that one. So, yeah, uh, NFC East, Eagles, NFC North, Green Bay, NFC South, Tampa Bay, NFC West, uh, Rams, uh, AFC West, Buffalo, AFC North, uh, Cincinnati, AFC South, Tennessee, and then the AFC West, uh, I got Kansas City. Um, so what is the biggest question slash concern for your squad? going into this all right so my biggest my biggest concern at this point is is linebacker i'm gonna say linebacker because that's obviously the the soft spot on our defense that that's the position where we're the weakest and it's ironic because the linebacker is is regarded as the quarterback of the defense so hopefully that's what jamin jamin davis can Blossom into, but as of this moment, it hasn't happened yet. The reason I didn't say, reason I didn't say Carson Wentz is because the way I see it, we upgraded a quarterback in two different ways. Like, because first of all, Carson Wentz is an upgrade over Taylor Heideke. You say what you want about him, you can't say he's not better than Heideke. And number two, we got ourselves some insurance. So, because Carson don't work out, or if he get hurt. Now we got Taylor Heineke to come in in case, like, if we're still, like, in the playoff race, the division race and all that. Or, if not, we can we can throw Sam Howell in and see what he got. 
maybe he's the answer along like maybe he's our long-term answer quarterback like because you never really know at the end of the day not every starting quarterback in this league was a first round pick but yeah going back to it my like my biggest concern is linebacker um and with the Eagles, my biggest concern, which a lot of, of course, Eagles fans only been hearing about all year, ever since last year, is really Jalen Hurts. But I do have optimism with Jalen Hurts because really it's his arm strength that I know he needs to get together. Um, I have been hearing about him like throwing like a couple picks here and there, um, um, you know, in a training camp, but that happens. But that um, that, those videos and those clips I've seen of him uh, playing that scrimmage game in those seven on sevens, uh, um, um, in uh, at the link. Man, that, that gave me some hope because he was throwing like actual like completing uh like um, downfield passes and even a uh, guy went down to AJ Brown. So I think Jalen Hurts, you know, I, I believe in him. He, I think he's gonna like definitely improve from last season because there's a lot of pressure on him. You know, it can Jalen Hurts, you know, be the starting uh you know QB in Philly? And honestly, there's really no excuse for him this year, considering that he has like all the pieces around him at receiver. He even has a good backfield um to take the pressure off him. So, yeah, that's that's really my only concern, honestly. Like, it's, you know, the QB, uh, I mean, it is hurt. But um, I think really it's just that arm strength that, like, the main thing he was struggling with. But, like I said, um, those um, tr- uh, video clips I was seeing in, uh, in, um, with the scrimmage games, the seven-on-sevens, and they really gave me some optimism because those throws were looking pretty good, and especially that one throw he had to Asia Brown and tight coverage. So, yeah, that, that's, like, really my main concern because, like, our defense is pretty set. Um, I'm not really too concerned about our defense. I just know because, like, we're really stacked defensively, especially with, like, basically that uh, all the new additions um, we got in the draft. Um, you know, our receivers, we're pretty good at, at receiver. And our backfield, I expect Nick Sirianni, like, to utilize Miles Sanders more um, because he's just, like, waiting to get free. Um, and, yeah, so, yep, um, that's really my only concern, honestly. But I think Hurts is going to uh, get it together, and he, he's going to, um, you know, like definitely show how like versus how he can be as as a QB, um, which he's already really done, honestly, especially last season when he was able to like to actually sneak us in the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, hopefully he 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 improves. That's all I want to see is the, you know, QB improvement. So 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 concerns about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, okay, um, where do you want me to start? Because All right, somebody start up the church organ. This man about to start preaching. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> There's about to go off. Do you want me to start with the only way that that will probably be relevant is when our general manager decides to step down, and the only way that he's going to step down is if uh, an unfortunate event happens. And I don't want to put that. I don't want to speak that into existence. Um, we can also talk about how our coach has shown incompetence when it comes to time management, clock management, and, and you know, getting players ready for, for um, big games. Or I can also talk about how, you know, we traded our star wide receiver, our best receiver that was on the team for peanuts. And then we, we, uh, sign a good veteran receiver in in um the offseason and guess what he's hurt the only player that has caught a pass from Dak Prescott that is on the team right now and active is CD Lamb and Noah Brown 
Oh, and let's not uh, let's also talk about how our other star receiver has a torn ACL and he won't be back until mid-October. Oh, and we can also talk about how we have a running back who is clearly in decline, who's clearly, clearly deteriorating, and we have another running back behind him who is clearly better and clearly the, the running back that we need to feed, but coaches incompetence, offensive coordinators incompetence, general managers showing early signs of dementia. They don't, they don't, they don't want to feed Tony Pollard. So they're going to keep feeding a deteriorating Zeke behind a decimated offensive line. I'm not worried about our defense. I think our defense is going to be fine, but offensively there are just so many holes and 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 I fear that what's going to happen is there's so many holes in that offense and Dak Prescott is going to do the best that he can but it's just not going to be enough and it's just going to add on to the criticism that he's going to get when he doesn't have great pieces around him but hey how about them Cowboys you know <laughs> Concerns about the Ravens, like we talked about before, literally last season was just a banged up season. But even with that, there's two things I'm concerned about. One, we need to basically start stop playing down to our competition and just play the right way. Stop getting ourselves in a situation where we got to dig ourselves out of holes. That's just number one thing. Because that was the problem with us, even when we were fully healthy. And that's and number two. Lamar Jackson, man. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Here's the thing. I was listening to the recent episode of Swagoo and Pert. Shout out to them. They were entertaining. I actually hadn't listened to like a full episode of them yet. But I was listening. I was like, oh, okay. So my opinion on Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson is a top-level QB in the league. It's just the fact he needs to learn to be more, to have more, to have more in his bag. He needs to know how to throw, you know, know how to make big, big time plays like that. Because rushing is cool, you know, showing off your athleticism is awesome. And he's already changed the game with that because you're seeing how the teams are drafting quarterbacks now. They're drafting athletic, quick, dual threat quarterbacks. That's the flavor. That's the flavor. That's the flavor of the NFL right now when it comes to QBs. So he's already changed the game, but now he just needs to win. That's what we're looking for with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's already proven he's a top player in the NFL. He's won MVP. He's changed the game. He's changing how the scouts are looking at quarterbacks. He just needs to win. And for him to win, he needs to learn how to have at least have a decent throw game. Don't got to be the greatest. Just have, a, just have that in your bag. So if, we have a, if Lamar Jackson develops a good throw game, the Ravens stay healthy, and we play according to how we're supposed to play, not playing down in the competition and getting ourselves in holes where we got to dig ourselves out of it. Sometimes you can't dig out of it because we already know how the NFL is. When one team has momentum, that could be the reason why they win the game. You know, they don't even have to be the better team. They just gain momentum and boom, bam, bow. You lose them by 30 points. You're almost getting double nickel. So, sorry, not double nickel. You're almost getting double dime. 
So, yeah, it's 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 just it's just crazy, man. So that's my concern with the Ravens. We got to be healthy this season. We're probably never gonna see that type of injury play season again. That was like once in a thousand, once in a ten thousand, once in a million thing to happen. So healthy, Mar Jackson gets a throw, extends the throw game, and we play the right way. So let's go ahead and go to the next one. Overachievers, underachievers. Who y'all picking? All right. My overachiever this league and like this season is gonna be the Detroit Lions. Because the Lions are that sweet spot of they're a decent team and their division isn't really all that good outside of the Packers. Because I feel like this team could beat the Vikings if they're not careful. And they could definitely beat the Bears. So the Lions are my overachiever. My underachiever is the Denver Broncos. And I don't mean that I don't mean that to hate on them. I I'm just saying when it's four playoff caliber teams in a four team division, somebody gotta finish last. Somebody gotta finish last place. I would say an overachiever. I'm going to go the Lions. And not that they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to have a record of 500, of like around 500. So say seven and 10, eight and nine, nine and eight. I think they're going to be around there. I think they were much better last year than what their record indicated. They lost a lot of close games. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Lions. I don't. That's not me saying that they're gonna be a playoff team. I don't think. I don't. I don't think they are. Um, and an underachiever. Uh, an underachiever. Mm, I'm gonna have to go San Francisco. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go San Francisco because they made the they made the NFC Championship game. You have a new quarterback coming in. Yes, Trey Lance has played a few games and he's looked good, but we've never really we haven't seen him in real pressure situations yet. Also, I just feel like the Niners are that team that's really good one year and then they just take a huge step back the next now that they have expectations on them so i'm gonna go with them uh the so only thing i'm gonna my, say for the niners is oh. i don't even know if 2020 was like an an embarrassment i i don't even know if it was that because literally everybody on that team got hurt bro Everybody on that team got hurt, and they couldn't even play in their home stadium. All right, go ahead, Mark. All right, so I agree with the over um, overachiever. It's the Lions because, let's be real, I don't see how the season can get any worse than last season for the Lions. And plus, they did do a pretty good job in the draft, um, and they have a lot of, like, young potential uh, up there in um, Detroit. Um, they have a pretty good running back, uh, um, a swift uh, – they have a, a pretty good receiver, um, Amor St. Brown. Um, Jared Goff, 
honestly, he's not the worst quarterback. And they have a pretty um a head coach, I think that's good for the locker room. So that's my overachiever for the Lions. They can I have him winning at least I have him winning maybe I see him winning like close to like that seven games uh next season for sure. Um so yeah, the Lions are my overachiever and my underachievers. I'm gonna go with Jacksonville, honestly, because one you have the number one, like you have the number one pick going into his second year, but in Jacksonville. It's just like a lot. It's just a mess down there. It's been a mess down there for a while. Um, they're like, you know, you still have to see, you know, the full roster, how they, how they are with like a fully healthy roster. They have a new head coach who's like still has to like get used to the system. Trevor Lawrence, he really had like a very mid season last season, um, last year for a number one pick. And but like, like you say, we have to see like how the pieces, like the weapons around Trevor, Trevor Lawrence can be, you know, utilized. But I don't even see like the Jaguars even winning like. Like even six games this season, so yeah, um, it's going to be like they're definitely going to be like you know it's going to be a long year for them. They're still rebuilding, so yeah, those are my like uh underachievers. They're definitely going to see like a lot of like of the run game be utilized um in Jacksonville though, because they do have like a pretty good running back, James Robinson, which I think he's very underrated. He can be top ten honestly if he just gets the reps. Um, and they have uh uh Travis Etn, which we still haven't seen him. People forgot about him because. He um, ended up messing up his, uh, I believe, his ACL uh, last year before the season started. Was Achilles one of those two? Yeah, I think so it was, this really is this is Achilles. Yup, mm-hmm. and people sort of realize ETN was a dog in Clemson. Now we finally get to see him with uh, Trevor Lawrence. But um, so yeah, but I still have him just really being just like one of those teams that it's going to be like kind of like you know just like you know interesting to watch, but it's going to be a struggle for him. But when it's like a lot of the young talent just have like a lot of those big spurt, those big plays and like just big, you know, yardage or like stat plays. I do want to say one thing, uh, just in terms of like overachievers. I don't know if any of you brought them up. The Jets. The Jets. Let's not forget about the Jets. I think they're going to be much better than what we think they're going to be. Um, I think out of the second year quarterbacks. Look out for Zach Zach Wilson. And again, I'm going to mention the the next best thing, Davis Mills. So that's all I that's all I wanted to add on to that. Davis Mills, two things. Number one, long neck ass, giraffe neck ass. And number two, you really putting your faith in a dude named Davis. Coach Thirty really ain't teach you nothing. The man's name is literally David. We ain't talking about Mike. <laughs> I actually have no comment. Nah, Miles Davis. He was. I mean, am I? Oh yeah, Miles Davis. He, I mean, um, Davis Mills. Damn, you got me saying the phone. My trolling ass. But yeah, he was like one of those sleeper quarterbacks last year, though. We it was like fun to watch, though, and actually. Like like uh Darian said, like the Texans, they were just like terrible last year. But Davis Mills, he shows like some of those uh his playmaking ability, like what he could potentially do, and like already in that day situation. So hey, let's be on the lookout for Davis Mills though. Like might have to you know keep him on the radar because that division you know ain't that good anyway. So he might as well uh you know step up and he might have like you know <laughs> a, a surprise season. Honestly, like one of those breakout years, you just never know. Hey. We have not really fully breaking news, but I just ended up seeing it on my phone. So, how we saw about Kevin Durant 
went to Josiah and dropped his ultimatum. Well, Josiah has responded to it on Twitter. And I'm going to read the tweet. He says, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. So I want to just get you guys' fresh take on that. Be go. <laughs> Pack your bags, buddy. Like I said, Kevin Durant, this is what you wanted, and you can't be complaining, bro. But you know what? What do I know? Yeah, I just saw that tweet. Yeah, it's not sounding good, bro. Dang, I don't know what in the hell happened up in Brooklyn, man. But Kevin Durant, you know, he's probably been cursing out that friend office ever since free agency started. But I think KD is just tired at this point, bro. Man, like just. See the scene by how you social media, bro. I don't know. I mean, is it? I don't know. I mean, people know how Kevin Durant, like, he talks, he responds, he talks trash, but I don't think it's really about his trade value because Kevin Durant, at the end of the day, he's still like a top, a top five player, like, in, in the world, honestly, when healthy. So I, I don't know. Kevin Durant is still a franchise, a difference making player. Any team, like, would literally, like, would, like, be a, a you know, in talks of a, a contender if they get Kevin Durant. But it's just like, if a move isn't going to happen, ain't no point of even the media even entertaining this because who who knows, man? Who knows? Yeah, it's it's most likely he's getting moved now. So it's too much tension, man. You know, I just the, sweep stay, the sweepstakes like continues. Like, because last thing you want is like a drama filled like franchise with KD. Ben Simmons and like, bro, you know, messy that can get. Like, let's just not even start, man. I think Kevin Durant has to leave for like the better of the franchise, like the bigger picture, you know, because yeah, uh, at this point, he, he has oh, I to feel that. I feel that, but um, yeah, but like, where <laughs> like that's the thing, and it's if just, worse just, like, comes to worse, bro, and if worse comes to worse, there ain't one franchise in this in the NBA that needs draft capital more than the Brooklyn Nets. Do. Because th- them Bambas are straight up allergic to the draft, and they always have been, bro. I mean, hey, they gave up their future for James Harden. No, sorry. No, they actually have draft capital. Remember, they got all those picks from Houston. No, you know the hilarious part? The Nets gave up their future twice in the last decade. Actually, that's true. That's true. I keep forgetting. That they is the hilarious up, part. They gave up some picks to get Ben Simmons. That's true. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. <laughs> I just thought about that. But um, Didn't anyway, for Paul Pierce too. Oh God, we're not talking about that trade because literally that that trade is the reason why Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are in Boston. Literally, like if they had to done no trade, those two would probably be Brooklyn Nets right now. And that's why, hey, bro, don't let Nets fans hear that. You already didn't heard enough over the past year. <laughs> man, man, man. But um, Darian, you had something you told me when it was just us two on the pod. We definitely going towards the end of the episode, so go ahead and let it free, man. All right, so we were talking about Serena's retirement, and as we always do with the great ones that decide that they're gonna step away from their step away from their craft, we always talk about: Are they the greatest of all time? We're going to do it. We do it with LeBron now. We're going to do it when, when, when he retires. We're going to do it with Brady. 
And we've done it with Serena. So putting y'all on the spot, like how I've done the last few weeks, give me your top five greatest athletes of all time in order. All right, I'm going to go first. All right. I'm going to go first in order. Number one, Serena Williams. You got to. Number two, I'm going to go ahead and put Michael Phelps. Because anybody, anybody who doesn't think about it, take it from a retired swimmer myself, swimming is fucking hard, bro. Especially swimming that fast or for that long. It's fucking hard. Like, you use all of your damn muscles. Anyway, that's number two. Number three, Bo Jackson. You wouldn't really think about it, but Bo Jackson, that man done – he won a Super Bowl and a World Series, right? I believe – I don't think he won a Super Bowl. He might have won a World Series. I don't know about a Super Bowl. And either, either way, he was good enough to play both sports professionally at the same time, too. So, Bo Jackson, number three. At number four, I don't think I'm going to have to go – you know what? Fuck it. We're honoring another GOAT, another GOAT, too. Number four, Bill Russell. Rest in peace to Bill Russell. And at number five, you said greatest athletes of all time. In time, Shohei's going to fill this number five spot. But for now, I think I'm going to have to give it to LeBron. Shout out to Shohei Otani. Hmm, okay, I'm going to go next. Um, I'm going to go backwards. So, um, um, number five, I definitely have Bill Jackson there. That was incredible how he was able to play literally two professional sports at the same time. Truly incredible. That's something that you don't see often. Um, I have the, the so athletes of all time is hard because you don't. I'm trying to make it an even playing field. Um, this, this I like being I'm put on the spot like this. No, this is fun. So that's the five is Bo Jackson. Um, I put four Michael Phelps because, like I said, swim like Evan said, swimming is a very very difficult sport and the fact that he did it for as long as he did and he wasn't as successful as he did crazy um three i put some and, like, and it's like bro anybody i hate to interrupt but anybody no, either, listening either. who don't who don't think swimming is that difficult you get your ass in your local pool and swim a 500 you gonna get humbled real quick very true swimming is a very is a is a very is a very grueling sport it's not easy so yeah, I said Bo Jackson, um, Michael Phelps. Yep. Okay. Number three, Samaria Williams. That we already talked about her earlier. Um, number two, I'm p- putting. Oh my goodness, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. You know what? I'm gonna do this. Let me switch around. Three is Tiger. I'm put Tiger Woods at three. Because Tiger Woods' impact on golf and this impact all on the world stage, incredible. Absolutely spotless, a massive. You know, he even even after he went through his own tragic relation, him coming back and trying his swing at it again, great. 
Um, so that's three. Two, Smiley Williams. One, Michael Jordan, man. Because the reason why I have Michael Jordan at number one, because not only did he inspire an entire, not even just an entire, generations by generations of hoopers, he's literally the reason why Jordans are like such a sought after thing in our culture, especially in the black culture. Michael Jordan is the reason why people are literally killing each other for shoes. Like who else? One person had so much of an impact where something as easy as a shoe becomes something people are ready to die for. So he inspired a lot of Hoopers. He's a pop culture icon. That's probably going to be a pop culture icon for literally the rest of the time because people are going to always buy Jordans. People are going to always buy the shoes. No matter how many times they come with the same colorway, same mat- matchup each time, or very similar colorway matchup each time, people are still going to buy it just because it's Jordan. And that's how he's able to tax the price up because he knows people are gonna they're gonna fork up that 200, 250 for them shoes. So Michael Jordan, and then also another reason why I have him as the GOAT, as the true GOAT athlete of all time, his impact is gonna be last forever because he ran the 90s. He's a he's a he's an owner of a team. He's put his stamp on the culture. And he's going to be somebody we're never going to stop talking about. Like, never, ever. As long as you, as long as people are dribbling basketball, people will talk about Michael Jordan. So that's my list. Michael Jordan, Stamari Williams, Tiger Woods, Michael Phelps, Bo Jackson. All right. Uh, I'm going to go in order. Um, so for my top five, uh, this one was kind of hard. But for number one, I have uh, Serena Williams because uh, what she was able to do in tennis alone um, it's just like really just as impressive, just everything, even like some of the struggles she went through in her career, even when she had just like lows, she was like playing through like, um, I'm like, you know, just under like certain circumstances that a lot of people just like, you know, couldn't achieve and just all like the, just, you know, the, um, title she was able to win is just like inspiring, honestly. And she really just like put like the sport to me, just put the sport of tennis just on the mat, just like her name and the way she was able like to market herself, like, like in the, um, inner sport. Um, and just doing it as like a woman too, like just in this country that is just already just where people just, you know, when it comes to women in sports, women just already just have, you know, are just looked upon like different in sports for the fact that the women. So I, I have Serena Williams at uh, number one. Number two, I have Jordan because as Sample was just saying, his just impact and just culture in general, not just basketball, but just like not his, like his impact just goes beyond basketball. His impact just goes like in like his impact goes like in fashion, music, everything. Like every like most places you hear just in pop culture, like somehow Jordan's like name can get like reference. He's just like that, you know, like he was able to just do that that, that much in his career, able to market himself, where his brand could just was able like to take off and just become a, a multi-billion billion uh, billionaire brand now. So yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. And like what he was how he was able to market himself. Uh, number three, I have Tom Brady because, man, it, it's just Brady. When it comes to like NFL football and just like quarterbacks, Brady. He, I don't, I don't know if we're ever going to see like a another quarterback like Tom Brady ever again. And then what he was able to accomplish, like seven rings, like golly, that that's impressive for a quarterback and to be able to lead, like lead each team, like you know each of those uh you know squads throughout his career to like a champ, like you know to that many uh Super Bowls is just. Like yeah, it, it's unreal. So I have Brady and what he was, what Brady's able to do at his at the age of forty five too. 
bro. It's like he's just getting better with age. So, yeah, I, I got Brady. Uh, number four, you know, I got Maryland's own. Yeah, I agree with y'all, Michael Phelps, for sure. Because women, shoot, ain't an easy sport. And honestly, during those Olympics, like, man, Michael Phelps in his prime was unstoppable. Like, he was literally on top of the world when it came to swimming. Like, when you heard about Michael Phelps' name, like, the whole, like, like everybody was buzzing, especially for us, like, you know, Maryland residents, it was uh, even sweeter for us just seeing, like, somebody from the area just put on, like, for, like, the whole world and be, like, the best swimmer in the world. So, like, prime Michael Phelps, that's all you heard about. Like, when it came to swimming, Michael Phelps' name was just, like, on that poster. So, Michael Phelps is uh, number four. And number five, man, they got prime time Sanders, Deion Sanders. <laughs> to me, I think Deion Sanders, like, back in, like, during his prime, he was, like, Almost, almost, almost kind of like the LeBron, especially during his young, young years. I compare him and LeBron so much because just like their intensity in the sport and like the skills and like what they're able to do and like how they're just able to just get like everyone hyped up with like like the talent and skills and the performances. Like, man, like I, I, I that's why I have Deion Sanders. Like what he did in that football field, man, was something else. Like it was always, it was just like, you know, you just never know what you're going to see next. So I got uh, Serena Williams, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Phelps, and uh, Deion Sanders. All right, I'm going to go from bottom to top. So I, I like the Deion Sanders. But so, yeah, it was hard because like, I was going to thought, yeah, but I had to think about that real quick. So at number five, I have Deion Sanders. Um, same reason Mark said that another athlete that played both baseball and football and did it at the same time at a high level played in the world series and, and the Super Bowl that is the only athlete to ever do that. Um, just look that up. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't Bo Jackson. Um, so yeah. Sheesh. Dion, Dion, Dion Sanders at number five. At number four is LeBron James, because LeBron James is just a freak of nature. Um, to be able to be playing at the level that he's been playing at for 20 years going strong and has only had like one major injury is spectacular, especially the type of player that that he is. Um at number three, I have Usain Bolt, probably one of the greatest Olympians that we will ever see. Him in the 100-meter dash was, was an automatic win. Um, probably one of the greatest runners that we will ever see. Number two is where I have Serena Williams. Um, I already talked about how great she is. Um, I already talked about how she's has maybe the greatest tournament win of all time when she won the, I think it was French Open while she was three weeks pregnant. That is a feat, um, a feat within itself, but it's not great enough to have me put her at number one because it's Michael Phelps. And all I have to say, I mean, y'all already talked about the swimming, all I have to say is 28 medals in general. The most decorated Olympian of all time, a swimmer. And for as long as he did it, same as LeBron, for as long as he did it and at as high of a level as he has done it, 
that is that is a feat amongst itself. Michael Phelps is the greatest athlete of all time. And not to mention those those 28 medals. Of those 28 medals, 23 of them were gold. So there's 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 not much else for me to say. Yeah, elite trophy case. For Shout sure. out to you though for giving Coach Prime his flowers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you got I, I I just I just think like Bo and Bo and Dion have to be on on uh, that greatest of all time list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. See the, the the hard part about doing the top five why I struggled a bit. I didn't want to have the same people from the same sport. I was trying to think about okay, I was trying to rank it accordingly because it's just like if it was up to me, I probably would have had two basketball players. But it's like I had to pick one, and I was like, I can't pick both. Because it's just like athlete goes beyond what you did. Like we talked about earlier, it goes beyond what you did in your sport. It's your entire body of work. Everything you accomplish off the court, off the field, off your sport, and on it. But that was fun. I I, I don't mind I don't mind being put on the spot. That was great. So um I think we're basically at the end. We talked about everything we gotta talk about. Um, y'all got anything else before we close out for the day? Arsenal started the season out with a dub. We got another game coming on Saturday. That's another dub. I'm just saying Arsenal might win the league. All I got to say is welcome back, Gene Segura. He does not went out the park. And, yup, the Phillies are getting healthy right at the same time. Shout out to Gene. All right. Uh, Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate everybody for showing the support. Fair one outlet. Got big things in the future. We got a big collab that's going to be coming up in September. We're bringing back the round table late August, early September. We got things planned. Season three is about to end. It's about to be two-year anniversary. We're about to hit an episode 100. It's about, we, we got some things planned for y'all. Okay, we got some big, big things popping. And we're taking steps in the right direction. And... Like I said, we appreciate you for checking us out. Share. Share us. Spread the love. Spread the word. And keep it going. And you guys have a beautiful, blessed.